0: BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place.
1: BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a package of bills aimed at boosting housing supplies across the state. As KQED's Erica Kelly reports, one bill does away with single-family zoning.
2: The idea behind SB9 is to increase density and affordable housing options in neighborhoods dominated by single-family homes. It would allow most property owners to split their lots and build duplexes, allowing up to four units. The bill was amended in recent months to counter concerns it could lead to real estate speculation and displacement of low-income renters. Supporters of the bill have also pushed to end single-family zoning because of its deeply racist roots. Newsom also signed SB10, which will allow cities to streamline the approval process for new multi-unit housing near transit or urban areas. The goal is to cut down on delays that often stall housing projects for years. For the California Report, I'm Erica Kelly.
1: In Southern California, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors has taken the first step towards phasing out oil production in unincorporated areas by unanimously voting to ban new oil wells this week. The board also wants to phase out existing wells in unincorporated parts of the county, although that can't happen until owners recoup the cost of drilling. Environmental justice advocates have been pushing for the move, arguing that the negative health impacts from these wells has disproportionately disproportionately Proportionately impacted people of color supervisor Holly Mitchell who proposed the measure says 73 percent of county residents who live near an oil well are people of color while other members of the board supported the move as a way for the county to move away from fossil fuels to clean energy they also expressed concerns about what this will mean for jobs in the industry. An FDA committee is meeting this morning to decide whether to recommend booster shots for seniors and the general public. As of mid-August, 119,000 Californians have gotten booster shots. That's according to records that KQED News requested
2: from California's public health department. KQED's Raquel Maria Dillon reports. The state health department says there's been a steady increase in the number of additional doses administered in California, especially since the Pfizer vaccine got full approval late last month. But those booster shots in arms represent only a fraction of the cancer patients, organ transplant recipients, and other severely immunocompromised people who are eligible under current recommendations. Maybe even less because some doses are going to people looking to be more protected from COVID. Dr. Peter Chin Hong is an infectious disease expert at UCSF.
0: In the confusion of official discourse, people are taking matters into their own hands. And I think what we really need is some. specific guidance.
2: Federal scientists disagree about whether there's enough data and conclusive research to support boosters for the elderly and the general public. Chin Hong says the vaccines are highly effective at preventing severe disease and getting the unvaccinated their initial doses should be prioritized over boosters. For the California Report, I'm Raquel Maria Dillon. California health officials are
1: now requiring that people who work in high-risk medical settings be fully immunized against COVID-19. That includes employees of hospitals, nursing homes, and doctor's offices. But as KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, it doesn't include workers in private homes.
3: Even though he got vaccinated three months ago, Tim Jin doesn't feel safe in his own home. He wants everyone who comes through his front door to be vaccinated, but he doesn't get that choice.
4: When the agency sends me a new worker to help me, the first thing I ask is if they are vaccinated and we go from there. But there is always a risk.
3: Jin has cerebral palsy and doesn't have the use of his arms or hands. That voice you're hearing comes from an iPad, which is mounted next to his feet on his electric wheelchair. He communicates mainly by typing out sentences with his toes.
4: I am capable of using my feet as if they were like your hands.
3: Jin is 46 and moved out of his family home 20 years ago. He lives by himself in an apartment in Orange County. He types and opens doors with his feet, but needs help with everyday tasks like eating and getting dressed. Up to six health aides come in and out of his home every day.
4: Due to my disability, I can't do anything like cooking, eating, using the restroom, or even using the microwave on my own. I am totally dependent on others to assist me.
3: If an aide isn't vaccinated, Jin requires them to wear a mask. But he says you can't socially distance from the person brushing your teeth.
4: The staff who come into my home should be vaccinated. It's that simple. It's a matter of life and death.
3: Studies have shown that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities like Jin are more vulnerable to the coronavirus. That's why Jin wants to see in-home care workers added to the long list of California health workers who are required to be vaccinated.
4: They don't understand that our lives and well-being are far more important than trying to fill in a shift.
3: A vaccine mandate could put a squeeze on employers. Lori Shepard is the director of operations at an agency that provides in-home health aids to people with developmental disabilities. Shepard doesn't know how many of her staff are vaccinated, and she doesn't require weekly COVID-19 tests. Some workers have told her if there's a mandate, they'll quit.
2: We would definitely lose 20% of our workforce.
3: There are no licensing requirements for either the agencies or their staff, though the state provides funding for those health workers. Shepard says wages are low, making it difficult to recruit new
5: people to the
3: industry.
2: Almost all of our staff work for similar companies in order to just, you know, pay the rent because we all have to pay such poor wages.
5: What we have here is two marginalized populations.
3: That's Scott Landis, a sociologist at Syracuse University.
5: People with intellectual and developmental disability who are a vulnerable health population in need of services and direct service providers who many times are minority women and are underpaid, undervalued, and not always afforded the respect. And we're asking one part of this equation to maybe get a vaccine that they have hesitancy about.
3: Landy says it's a difficult balance. Consistent COVID-19 testing, rather than a vaccine mandate, may help retain workers who are reluctant to get the shot.
5: I just fear that if you put one in place, you could go from staffing crisis to staffing catastrophe.
3: When asked if in-home care workers will be included in the vaccine mandate, the state health department would only say it will continue to monitor the situation. Without a mandate, it's up to individual employers like Debbie Davis, who felt she had no choice but to require her employees to get vaccinated. As a registered nurse, she spent months fielding questions from staff.
2: I literally spent hours and hours and hours doing the research with the CDC website and sharing it with them. And I think that was helpful because people would feel like they could ask me whatever they wanted to ask me, and it wasn't a dumb question.
3: Out of her 80 employees who provide home caregiving services, just one chose to leave the job rather than get vaccinated.
2: We can kind of be confident in saying that it's 100% compliance which feels really good.
3: A vaccine mandate is possible, she says, if people have access to good information. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles.
1: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free.
5: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years?
1: Governor Gavin Newsom will soon get a chance to make his second appointment to the California Supreme Court. That's because Associate Justice Mariano Florentino Cuellar has decided to leave the court to head up a prestigious international think tank. KQED's Scott Schaefer talked to Justice Cuellar and has this report.
3: Cuellar, who goes by the name Tino, is leaving the bench to become president of the Carnegie International Endowment for Peace. Before joining the Supreme Court seven years ago, he taught international relations at Stanford. Cuellar, who was born in Mexico, says all that experience will guide him in his new job at the Carnegie Endowment.
4: Everything that happens here in California, whether it's the work of our court or the work of a governor trying to figure out how to prioritize scarce budget dollars, it happens in a global context.
3: Cuellar was named to the California Supreme Court by then-Governor Jerry Brown in 2014. He says serving there has been a privilege and a job he loves, but found this new opportunity too appealing to pass up. He leaves the court at the end of October. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer.
1: It has been three and a half years since the American Civil Liberties Union first filed a lawsuit in San Diego against the Trump administration over its policy of separating migrant families at the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, the federal government is intensifying its push to reunite those parents and children, with a new program launching this week. KQED's Michelle Wiley has that story. The streamlined process is designed
3: to bring parents back to the U.S. to reunite with children who were taken from them during the Trump presidency. Families can now apply through an online portal. If they meet the qualifications, they'll be referred to the International Organization for Migration, an affiliate of the U.N., which will help them apply for humanitarian parole and handle travel arrangements. ACLU attorney Learnt says this new system should ease the process for family members outside the U.S.
4: Everything from allowing the family to get passports more easily, to get to the U.S. Embassy, to get travel documents, to make plane reservations, but also simply to get them from one place to another.
3: Families will be allowed to live here legally for three years and will get help applying for work authorization and support services like counseling. Galerian estimates that between 1,000 and 2,000 parents are still separated from their children. For the California Report, I'm Michelle Wiley.
1: And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's Weekly Magazine. This week, they talk with Oakland based artist Fantastic Negrito about his new single, Rolling Through California.
0: The, California yeah, going, we
1: the song explores the dissonance between the California dream and the reality of living in our state today. The lyrics are all about wildfires, smoke and climate change, but set to a rhythm and beat that are downright cheerful.
0: I said it's the happiest <laughs> climate change song ever. I think I'm just going with this visceral energy that I'm, that I'm feeling. I think I live in that free fall of emotion. I, I want to be there.
1: Fantastic Negrito says he wants people to focus on what they can do to find positivity and joy even in tough times
0: I come from southern people all of my mama's relatives I remember one of them saying you know he said you know white folks thought we were sad We weren't sad I remember them that. that means hey things are dismal things look tough there are obstacles but we're gonna we're going to keep on moving here.
1: To hear more, tune in to this week's California Report magazine or download the podcast. And that is the California Report for this Friday, September 17th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, Jim Bennett, and Brendan Willard with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend.
3: Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org.
5: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul?